So, Caitlin, who are we canceling today? We are canceling basically everyone who's obsessed with the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. Why are people so making memes about the trial? Why? I think there's profit in memes. You have to control the memes of production. (laughs) Hey everyone, I'm Caitlin Burns. And I'm Oliver Ashkline. And you're listening to Cancel Me Daddy. The show where we take a closer look at all of the panic round cancel culture. With thoughtful analysis. And verbal shitposting. So I would like to cancel my internet provider. Yes. Um, because we logged on to do an interview with the incredible Michael Hobbs, who I feel like is an honorary co-host on this show at this point. Pretty much. <laughs> and literally we were getting set up. We were good to go. I had just hit the record button and my internet went out. It just went out. <laughs> Um, and so, so we had to do the scramble. We had to do the scramble. I had to walk Caitlin through recording the interview while we didn't have internet connection. It was a, it was a grand old time, but fortunately, Caitlin had a wonderful interview with the Michael Hobbs and it's great and you should listen to it, but I will not be verbally shitposting through that conversation. You know, what was funny is um, I was telling Michael a story, actually, as we were sort of getting ready to start our interview with him. And so I ended up talking for like two or three minutes after you lost the internet connection before I even realized that you were gone. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm glad I'm glad that y'all were engaged and present. Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, when he's on, like, we have to schedule extra time because... We end up talking just as much <laughs> off the air as we do on. Well, and I feel like someone was playing like a mean little game with me because my internet only went out like for the interview. When you yeah. texted me, the interview was over. Like my internet like came on 10 minutes later. No, really? Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> yeah, someone was playing a very cruel joke on me. Oh my God. Well, we got, it, <laughs> we got through it. But if you're wondering why Oliver is not present in the interview, it was completely by accident. <laughs> But the show must go on. The show must go on. <laughs> <laughs> and so let's let's get to it. So I'm just going to give you a platform to rant. How does that sound? <laughs> That's all of the interviews we've done, Caitlin. <laughs> That's no different. That's what conversations with me are like. <laughs> We're really excited to have you on. I'm excited to be here. This is very topical, I think, for a lot of people. Yes, the the scale of like the misinformation about this trial is truly unprecedented. I'm now your legal correspondent. I'm doing the court TV <laughs> stuff now. So we wanted to have you on because you've been having a lot of thoughts and analysis of what's going <laughs> on around the... You mean the, deranged uh, tweets? My my deranged furious tweets, yes. my furious <laughs> tweeting about this case. Whenever the deranged tweets happen, we we call Michael on the show. <laughs> You're like Mike's going through it. Let's bring it back. <laughs> so uh, yeah, why don't you tell us? Uh, we're referring, of course, to the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, and why don't you sort of tell us what's happening? For those that have like me who've been living under a rock. Yeah, so what is your what is your understanding of like what is actually taking place at this point? I understand that it's a defamation suit 
Mm -hmm. uh, that is pretty ridiculous and has turned into this giant spectacle where mm. the court of public opinion is sort of turned against Amber Heard. See, that's yes. my base understanding of, of everything that's happening. But frankly, it's too exhausting to keep up with the specifics. That's the thing. I I did not want to get involved in this trial because I, I remember seeing it popping up for years. Every once in a while, there'd be these weird hashtags about like Amber Heard is a liar or Amber Heard is an abuser. And I would click on it and I would see it just seemed really like men's rightsy in there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I don't know if I want to like get involved in this. This just seems like really ugly. And then yeah. when this trial started there, there was like more of that stuff. There was more kind of evidence floating around the internet. And there was, mm-hmm. I think very faithfully, there was a tape of her and Johnny Depp, one of their fights that one of them recorded where she basically is saying, Oh, 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 you're going to go to the press. You're going to tell them that I hit you. Go ahead, Johnny. Tell them that I hit you in this kind of mocking way. And mm-hmm. it seemed like, okay, this is a tape of like somebody being abusive. Like this, it it looks real bad for her. And I remember seeing that. Mm-hmm. But then I also remember seeing floating around kind of pictures of her with bruises. So I was like, okay, this just seems like complicated to me. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't really want to like get into it. I'll kind of wait until the verdict is out. And then I can look into it once there's complete information. And that was like a month ago when the trial was starting. But then, mm-hmm. as you noticed, the the internet sort of tone around this case, the scale of it became a lot larger and the actual mm-hmm. messages became a lot uglier. So you start getting this kind of like Amber Heard as a sociopath, Amber Heard as a psychopath, and the kinds of things that people are saying are just like much more clearly tinged with misogyny. Mm-hmm. And about a week ago, I was starting to get the YouTube recommendations that are like Amber Heard's a sociopath, like body language expert reveals Amber mm-hmm. Heard's lies on the stand. And that's when I was like, okay, this, uh, this has to stop. Like I need to, <laughs> I need to look into this now because as a general rule of thumb, whenever lots of people on the internet are calling a woman a sociopath, a thing that like probably doesn't really exist and using stuff like her eyebrows moved this way or she crossed her hands in her lap and that's why she's mm-hmm. a sociopath. It almost always means that like they don't have any real evidence against her. They just really don't like this person and they're just going to yeah. use anything they have to like smear her with it. Basically. You, you're talking about like the body language experts and it reminds me of like, I mean, I think I first noticed this uh, and I'm dating myself here, but the OJ Simpson trial had a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well extraneous analysis of course that was way before youtube but even like right. network television was doing wall-to-wall coverage on it and, and that's the type of coverage that we would have and you see it you saw it again with like whenever there's a a mom murder or he yeah, 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 yeah. or or like a wife who murdered husband or fiance uh or whatever you also get these sort of charlatan body language experts coming in so it reminds me a little bit of that amanda um, knox is another big amanda one knox too. is the name i was coming trying to come up with thank you <laughs> that that was another one where again there wasn't actually good evidence against her so they resorted yeah. to this stuff of like her eyes moved up and to the left before she spoke which means she's lying mm-hmm. or this like total junk science yeah. carol baskin is another one where we, where we saw that stuff mm-hmm. it's just like you can tell she's a sociopath by her body language and like no yeah. you can't and those don't exist. So I I started I, – I got really frustrated with I think the way that especially liberal media has kind of dropped the ball on this. I, I think uh-huh. a lot of 
left-leaning progressive media has kind of done the same thing that I I did originally, which is look at it and be like, oh, it's a mess in there. We're just not really mm-hmm. going to engage. And so what that has done is it's essentially let the men's rights activists and the extremely weird depth stands, which actually span the ideological spectrum, really yeah. have this trial and like bounce around the internet and spread all this misinformation. And it's only now that it's gotten so bad that people are finally starting to push back. But it's like you're now having to debunk all this misinformation that's been floating right. around rather than being able to tell people things for the first time where like people are much more receptive to it. People are like really entrenched in these opinions. And even low information people are like, well, you know, I, I heard that clip and like, oh, she seems kind of crazy. Like it's really hard to actually ex- like slow down and kind of explain this to people from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I – you know, once I started seeing how kind of bad it was out there, I started looking around for just like an explainer. Like, give me what is the evidence against her? What is the evidence against Mm -hmm. him? What is happening? Give me everything that we know right now. And I really couldn't find anything like that. Like the Times, the New Yorker, there's been quite a few podcasts have covered this case, but they've covered the bullying aspect of it. And they have assiduously not talked about the actual facts of the case. So they're like, well, you know, we don't want to weigh in. It seems quite complicated. But, you know, there's some kind of fandom, anti-fandom aspects here that are worth dissecting. But they've really, like, genuinely, they've really deliberately avoided trying to talk Mm -hmm. about the case on the merits, which, as soon as I started looking into it, is, I find it a completely baffling decision because this is the second trial. There was already Uh a trial in the UK. There is a 130-page-long judge's decision on the case that provides Mm -hmm. a very coherent rundown of like, here is the evidence that he presented, here is the evidence that she presented. And so it's not not actually all that complicated in the trial. The trial that's going on now, it's like there's some slightly different things and there's like psychologists being called and stuff, but it's the same set of facts. It's literally the same witnesses. It's the same incidents of violence. It's exactly the same. So if you want an overview, if you want the basic facts of the case, it is extremely available. And once you engage with what we know about this and what the actual evidence is, it is like an extremely clear cut case of like a man abusing a woman. Like mm-hmm. this case could not get more clear cut. What what was the result of the UK trial on this? It was a libel trial. So uh-huh. in 2018, The Sun, which is like this this horrible newspaper, which I can't believe I'm like slightly yeah. defending – Referred to Johnny Depp as a wife beater because in 2016, Uh Amber Heard had filed a restraining order against him. So he was being cast in this J.K. Rowling movie and like they said like, why is J.K. Rowling okay with a wife beater being in her movie, right? So Mm -hmm. he sues the son for defamation for calling him a wife beater. And the UK is infamously difficult for publications to win libel trials. Like this is like the one thing that all journalists know about the UK is like you don't want to get sued for libel in the UK because it's impossible to win. And the, the son won. So the son was able to prove that he was a wife beater. And of course, after the trial, they now only refer to him as wife beater Johnny Depp. Like every oh single, every single reference because they're like, that. well, we can. So in the, in the UK court decision, Amber yeah. Heard had alleged 14 incidents of abuse spanning three mm-hmm. years. And mm-hmm. one of them got thrown out on a technicality. And three of them are what you'd call like he said, she said situations where it's like Amber Heard Mm -hmm. says he assaulted me and he says, no, I didn't. And there's no other evidence for or against anybody. The remaining Mm -hmm. 10, 10 of the incidents are backed up by witnesses, 
forensic evidence, contemporaneous texts, emails that she sent herself, diary entries, people saw her with bruises, people mm -hmm. in, in one case, someone heard him assaulting her. Mm -hmm. it, it sort of had been presented to me as like this murky, complicated thing. But once yeah. you actually look at the trial in this case, I don't know of other domestic abuse cases that are better documented than this. And this trial is taking place here in the U.S.? Yes. It's in Virginia. Are you expecting, are you expecting a different result than, than what they concluded in the U.K.? I mean, the, the case itself on the merits is very clearly frivolous. He uh -huh. is suing her for defamation for a Washington Post op-ed, which only mentions him in half a sentence. So okay. in 2016, Amber Heard said, I became a public figure representing domestic abuse. Representing domestic abuse. It's not like a Me Too essay where she's like, I first met Johnny Depp in 2009. And she explains the whole thing. It's, it's yeah, yeah, much yeah. more about like, we have to pass the Violence Against Women Act and uh -huh. the Me Too movement has been around for a while. And like, let's reflect on it. it was, we later learned that it was written by the ACLU. So it, it's not about her relationship with Johnny Depp. I mean, I, I think it's clear mm -hmm. that from this half sentence that she's talking about Johnny Depp because it was public that she had filed a restraining order against him in 2016. So like, yeah, yeah okay, internet sleuths can figure out that that's who she's talking about. But the yeah. idea that it's defamatory, like this was already public information that she had filed a restraining order against him. Like it's yeah. on the merits, it's a completely frivolous lawsuit. However, it's a jury trial. I mean, journalists right. should never predict things anyway, but it's like just because a case is very clearly frivolous doesn't mean that it will lose. Is the, is the post a co-defendant in this case? Uh, no, he's only suing her, which I think is telling because the post would presumably have more telling. resources to defend itself. Yeah. Also potentially more money to give out. <laughs> like... <laughs> well, exactly. And he's also, he's suing Amber Heard for significantly more than her net worth. He's suing her for $50 million. Yeah, I mean, so, if, it was about the, if it was about the money, I would want to sue Jeff Bezos, not Amber Heard, right? Right, right. And it's, it clearly isn't about the money because he already has a lot more money than her. But yeah. it, so far, his strategy is working. I mean, I mean, a huge amount of the case, if you watch her testimony and cross-examination they're introducing mm -hmm. all kinds of just completely irrelevant stuff so it's like little tiny lies at one point depp's lawyer is grilling her about how she got the role in aquaman they're like oh did you did you audition or did johnny depp give you the role it's like this oh is a defamation God. trial this, this has nothing to do with anything but it's clear that they're using this as a platform basically to smear her in the public and like it is working. It's like another form of abuse. Yes, it's a blatantly frivolous lawsuit against her. And what's fascinating yeah. is if, if you read the UK court document that is you know, in chronological order, a very clear portrait emerges in which he is uh -huh. extremely paranoid. He is extremely jealous. He has a long history of like outbursts, like violent temper tantrums. He's been sued by crew members on previous films for punching them. One of his mm -hmm. exes, Alan Barkin, says he threw a wine bottle at her. He has this tendency to believe in conspiracy theories and this paranoia that people are plotting against him. And this, uh -huh. <laughs> this trial is evidence of that because he thinks wow. that her op-ed, that half a sentence, destroyed his career, of which there, there, there's no evidence. And they even had a Disney executive on to testify the other day who was like, no one even knew about the op-ed. Like we, Johnny Depp is just like an aging actor and we're looking to kind of reboot the franchise. So we didn't yeah. want him in Pirates of the Caribbean anymore. So it's like there, there's no actual evidence that this affected his 
career at all, but he's created this whole thing that like, oh, she's scheming against me. And it's like, according to her testimony of their relationship, it's like, yeah, he used to accuse her of scheming against him all the time. And then he would like beat her up about it. So it's like all of this is completely congruent with what she has described in her depositions, which like everyone is completely ignoring now in favor of these like weird ticky tack, like they caught her in this lie, like this meaningless discrepancy, the kind of thing that comes up whenever you're remembering something that happened in the past. Yeah, can we talk a little bit about the sort of internet and media ecosystem that's sort of popped up around this case? You mentioned that you took a greater interest in this when you started seeing like YouTube videos pop up. Like what, what what's going on with that? There's something that is happening in the information age where mm-hmm. there is limitless access to primary documents. So everyone is watching this trial, right? It's being live streamed. Mm-hmm. And people are clipping out things in cross-examination and you can, you know, you can go on the Fairfax County website and you can get like the discovery files you can get like the text messages that they sent each other and you know the videotape of her original deposition and everything else and it's very easy to go through those things and find little discrepancies and cast them as meaningful right and and kind of like how QAnon people are always saying like do your own research like it sort of feels like research to be combing through these archives but it's also very easy in those deep dives to forget like the big picture which is mm-hmm. that like, here's a guy with like a history of jealous and paranoid and violent behavior who brought that pattern into his marriage. And like all of the evidence is totally congruent with like that narrative. Mm-hmm. And his narrative is basically a conspiracy theory. His narrative is that she's been faking bruises. She's faked photos of her injuries. She cut herself to make it look like she was cut on broken glass One of their big fights, he's accusing her friend who was a witness to it of hiding in the closet when he got there. Presumably, I don't even know what the theory is, like I guess so that Amber Heard could provoke him into violence and the witness would be there, something, something. And his his entire theory of the case is basically that she's a gold digger, which doesn't make any sense because she would have been entitled to millions in the divorce regardless of whether there was abuse. So like yeah. even if she was manipulative and like only after his money, she doesn't need to allege abuse to get his money. Like they didn't have a prenuptial agreement. So she was she was entitled to millions of dollars in their divorce regardless. So right. it's like her narrative makes sense. And his narrative like doesn't make sense and doesn't really have any evidence behind it. But when you get into this like true crime brain of like, what about mm-hmm. this discrepancy? And what about that discrepancy? You can like very easily lose sight of the big picture. Right. It's very weird, I gotta say. <laughs> like, as somebody who's looking on at this, like, vaguely from the outside, it all seems extremely weird to me. Weird how? What do you mean? How could so many people buy, buy that? Like, buy his theory of the case and, like, actually seek to go and then help promote that theory outside on, like, YouTube and stuff? Well, I think there's, I think there's two things going on. I think the right is desperate for a case that will prove to them that Me Too was bullshit all along. Mm. Like, they want a a false allegation against a man so bad, Mm -hmm. right? They have been clamoring for this. They tried with Aziz Ansari, but it, like, didn't really take. And this is the one. This is vengeance for, you know, the entire Me Too movement has been bullshit, right? They they have been revving for this for years. Mm -hmm. And then there are kind of the center-to-left people 
that I think a lot of people in a genuine way are just like fairly low information about this case and are believing what they're seeing online. Yeah. So I, I think a lot of people, like well-meaning people, like the information that they're getting is that like this woman sucks and he's an innocent victim. And like most people believe, you know, things that they see on TikTok. So there's those people. Yeah. But then there's also, there's this contingent of people that is like, I think like kind of true crime brain poison. Okay. Where a lot of people seem to have this vision of the U.S. legal system as if it's the last 15 minutes of Legally Blonde. Mm. Where... It's like, oh, you say you had a perm, and yet you got in the shower. Yeah. And it's like this little tiny technical discrepancy. And then the witness stands up and is like, oh, you're right. I did it. And then the whole case falls apart, yeah. right? It's like this one little thing becomes the linchpin. And so what they've done is they've they've honed in on these like entirely normal discrepancies uh-huh. that come up when any anybody is describing – any memory that they have, right? It's going to be murky. Details are going to change. They're going to say things that aren't really technically correct, and then they're going to have to correct themselves later. Mm-hmm. And they've zoomed in on those things, and there's so many of those things, right? Because if anybody's on the stand for like, I think she was on the stand for like 21 hours. Oh my gosh. You, me, anybody would generate all kinds of little discrepancies. Yeah. And so if somebody makes a list of like Michael Hobbs, 56 discrepancies on the stand, <laughs> it looks really bad. Yeah. But- Anyone would generate that stuff, and most of these discrepancies don't actually add up to anything. Mm-hmm. There's something in those sort of technicalities that I think I think it's a dangerous pattern, especially in a world where there's so much information available, and especially these primary documents that like people do not know how to read primary documents, and people do not know how to watch cross-examination of witnesses and see it in context because i mean watching a trial is a very bad way as a layperson to understand what actually happened in a case because trials by definition zoom in on these little discrepancies yeah right it's it's rare for them to have any big picture it's gonna sound like an odd comparison but I, i almost liken it to the kyle rittenhouse trial which i think was like the last big Mm. trial that the sort of nation focused on right did that happen there i didn't follow that one at all i didn't follow it that much either but it was like i remember everybody was like flipping out at the judge for a while like saying that the judge was obviously in on it and then you know i I would go back and i would watch analysis from actual legal experts who were like no it's pretty normal what the judge just did (laughs) like oh yeah you know yeah like he kind of has to do it this way and and this is why they right. would cite the you know whatever law i don't know it's 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 weird to me how like public opinion rallies in in around these big court cases and i suppose it's been that way for a very long time like even before the television yeah. age you had newspaper reports about famous trials where people yeah would sort of run with this stuff but like do you think the information age like the internet the way it's structured now sort of exasperates the problems with that sort of environment. I mean, you could say that the the OJ trial is the beginning of this, mm-hmm. right? Of people just religiously watching this for nine months or whatever. Yeah. And I, I think there's also, I think we have to also view this trial through the lens of like right wing bad faith. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the quote unquote discrepancies have the stench of like Republican disinformation, like death panel type lies so one of the big discrepancies when you know you always hear online people like it's been proven that she's lying Mm -hmm. so her proven lie is 
when they signed their divorce settlement in 2016, he agreed to give her $7 million, Mm -hmm. and she announced that she was going to give it away to charity. Okay. She was like, I don't want anything from you. I don't want anyone to think I'm a gold digger. I'm giving this away. She she gave half of it to the ACLU. She gave the other half to Children's Hospital, right? Mm -hmm. And there's footage of her on a Dutch talk show where this comes up. And they're like, what did you do with the donations? And she's like, I donated them. I gave them away. ACLU, Children's Hospital, mm-hmm. right? Through the course of this trial, we learn that somebody contacted the ACLU. The ACLU should have gotten $3.5 million, mm-hmm. right? Somebody contacts the ACLU, and the ACLU has only gotten $1.7 million. And it's like, ooh, Amber's lying. Like she said she donated the money, mm-hmm. but they haven't gotten the money, right? So it sounds like this big gotcha, right? Which is, of course, the way that it's being yeah. cast. But the minute you look behind that, what actually happened is in 2016, she signed a document with the ACLU that she was going to give them the $3.5 million over 10 years. Oh, yeah. She amortized Which is apparently that. <laughs> very normal for these large-scale donations. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think there's like tax benefit stuff. I think it's like quite normal for this. Yeah, you want to you want to get the tax benefit for it over more than one year. It's like basic finance. I also think celebrities have money tied up in like various assets. Mm-hmm. It's not like you can write a check for seven million dollars, right? I think it's kind of complicated for these people to move money around. Yeah. So she paid the first year three hundred fifty thousand dollars, and then she talked to the ACLU. She's like, I'm I'm now being sued by my ex husband. She says she's spent six million dollars on her legal defense. I don't think she like has the money to give it away. Yeah. The ACLU has testified. They're like, yeah, she's been totally transparent about all of this. Mm-hmm. She reached out to us. She said, let's do this over 10 years. I'm now being sued. Let me put the payments on hold for a while. I really want to pay the rest of it. So it's like behind all of this, yeah. like what is the actual lie? She said the word donate on a talk show in the Netherlands. Yeah. When she should have said the term pledged. So it's like the thing is you're supposed to say like I pledged yeah. $3.5 million because that means you're kind of obligated to pay it. Yeah. So like, okay, she could have used a different word. She did actually say this under oath in the UK trial, which they're all like now freaking out about. Like she said donate. She lied under oath. But it's like that's also just kind of a shorthand that people yeah. use for the term pledged. And like it's clear that she had every intention. All the evidence is that she has the intention to give this money mm-hmm. away. Right? It's not a scam. She's not like, LOL, I told the press I was going to give this money away. I haven't. Yeah. So it's like, what is the lie exactly? (laughs) Also, like anytime the ACLU is involved, it's just like red meat to the conservatives. I know. They love it. They love it. Yeah. Yeah. They're like. Also, the fact that the ACLU like wrote her editorial, they've also seized on as if. As if, like, having a ghostwriter is, like, this completely, you know, outlandish thing that, like, no celebrity has ever done before. Again, my Again, question like, is, why isn't he suing the ACLU if they were the ones that wrote, like, that's the whole thing. <laughs> exactly. But this is, it feels, it feels like right-wing disinformation yeah. to me. In the way that, you know, Al Gore invented the internet or Nancy Pelosi said that we're going to pass the ACA so we can find out what's in it. These things that it's like the minute you look into them, they're bullshit, yeah. but they still bounce around the right-wing internet for years. The Obama and it's like phones. there's – I could give you like 10 more examples <laughs> of these and not, like none of them hold up. Yeah. The caravan of migrants that shows up every election. Yeah, yeah, and then immediately disappears. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's frustrating and fascinating to me that a lot of like left-wing people have kind of fallen for this because the tape – 
of hers. Uh-huh. Sounds really bad, to be totally honest. Yeah. There's other things that his legal team has leaked to the press, like little clips out of context, mm-hmm. that make her look bad. Again, if you're recording a lot of your fights and you have hours of footage and you can go through all of this hours of footage of your fights with your partner mm-hmm. and take out the stuff that makes you look really bad, yeah. like, yeah, a lot of us would look really bad <laughs> if that happened. Like, I don't know if very many of us would hold up to that level of scrutiny, especially if there was like a bad faith effort on the part of your husband to leak only the stuff Mm -hmm. that makes you look bad because there's also stuff that makes Depp look extremely bad like there's videos of him trashing their kitchen and shouting at her Mm -hmm. there's numerous tapes where he like just explodes on her there's other audio tapes where he's like berating her where he kind of admits to hitting her for every bad clip of her there's like three bad clips of him Mm -hmm. but because he has been waging this in the public domain for months now like that stuff hasn't gotten as much play and of course there's little discrepancies in his testimony too but like those haven't been seized on Mm -hmm. why do you think that is i mean part of it is like the sort of right wing like people say it's bots i think a lot of it is just people are inclined to believe a woman is lying i think there there's probably some bot activity going on Mm -hmm. i also think there's just kind of a greased wheel when it comes to something about like a woman being manipulative, I think there's like an archetype there Mm -hmm. that people are willing to see a kind of gone girl narrative Mm -hmm. in a way that is like, people seem to find it easier to believe that she spent years concocting fake abuse, like texts to her mom, texts to her friends, fake bruises. According to the depth narrative, she was doing this for years before they were even married. The first texts where she describes being abused Mm -hmm. are from 2013. They didn't get married till 2015. Mm. People are willing to believe, oh, yeah, she's like so calculating and manipulative. Sociopath is like this is a term that mostly gets applied to women. People are willing to believe this kind of gone girl narrative in a way that they're less willing to believe that like a powerful man with a history of drug problems and violent outbursts Mm -hmm. was abusive to his wife Mm. call it a form of bias if you want to but it's like to me that that just seems like kind of on its face plausible and also it aligns with all of the evidence like it aligns with witness statements it aligns with photos it aligns even with like text messages from his team to her Mm -hmm. being like when i told him he hit you he cried Mm. so like all of the evidence aligns with her narrative and yet there's this weird reluctance to just believe that like a guy was hitting his wife <laughs> the, the sort of reaction to this reminds me a lot of gamergate actually super gamergate yeah yeah just in the way that like i remember some of the things that were said about certain women during gamergate and there were like similar levels of insanity and stretching and yeah my favorite one from that is that like anita sarkeesian was like a manipulative psychopathic liar because i guess in one of her reviews she said that a video game came out in 2011 when it actually came out in 2007 (laughs) and it's like she's a sociopath and it's like that just seems that's just like a normal thing that happens when you when you make long videos But it's the same sort of thing, right? You're seizing on these little things. It's like any excuse to say that like, no, 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 I'm shouting at this person because they're bad. I'm not shouting at this person because I'm a huge piece of shit. 
I think there's crossover there too. Like one of the things that I've noticed about this trial is like I see trial analysis and stuff popping up in like my YouTube and Twitch recommendations, even though I have no interest in any of this stuff. I don't spend any time watching mm. right wing videos or anything online because quite frankly it puts me in a bad mood and i can't deal with that right now um yeah i'm kind of astounded at like the level of penetration that the, that that stuff is sort of found like beyond the trial and everything else it's like yeah it's where's the engagement coming from i wish i had a better theory on this there, there's been various accusations that a lot mm -hmm. of this is like astroturfed and there's some evidence there was a petition to get her out of Aquaman 2, a movie that I have no interest <laughs> whatsoever in. Uh, I, I was like only vaguely aware of the first one. But I guess a lot of the people who signed that petition were bots. There's like some actual evidence that there's like some uh -huh. bot stuff going on. But I also think that there's just really fertile ground mm -hmm. for these messages. And I think one thing we used to talk about on You're Wrong About all the time is moral panics often begin with what do you not mm -hmm. need evidence to believe? And people are just willing to put aside their critical faculties for some stories and not for others. And for this one, I, I really think, I mean, I've had numerous conversations with like progressive, like smart mm -hmm. progressive people that have been seeing the things bouncing around about this case, yeah. kind of like I did at the beginning, honestly. And we're like, yeah, it, it really yeah. seems like she sucks. And there hasn't really been much counter messaging. I think people are waking up to the amount of bullying and the sort of gamergate aspects of this, but there's still a real reluctance to actually say, like, no, this was an abusive relationship, like a one-sided yeah. abusive relationship. This is this is what a judge in the UK found. There's there's 14 incidents of violence, like 10 of yeah. which have forensic evidence, and you know they they appealed that case in the uk and two different courts of appeals were like no yeah. this yeah. this happened it's fine i i find it really interesting i was i was listening to this podcast this morning where it was a female host and a male host like a progressive podcast and they were almost like congratulating each other on like we're not we're not going to weigh in like we're not we're not going to take sides in this thing but we were all fine with believing christine mm -hmm. blasey ford yeah. when she came forward like i i believe christine blasey ford i think the evidence was on her side i i feel good about that i think that her narrative aligned with the facts mm -hmm. better than brett kavanaugh's narrative i believe the accusers of cosby mm -hmm. i believe the accusers of weinstein and like progressive journalists were fine doing that for all of those cases the the evidence that amber heard has that she's a victim of domestic violence is significantly mm. better really <laughs> than any of those cases, right? I mean, Christine yeah. Blasey Ford didn't have any photos. Like, she had, I think, a couple of contemporaneous witnesses. Amber Heard has something like eight contemporaneous witnesses. Like, there's makeup artists who were like, I covered up yeah. her bruises. There's a weird reluctance to, like, look at the evidence, which, again, is, like, wildly public. You can go read the documents. I actually recommend yeah. other people read the documents. I have not seen anyone do like what I have done, just like read yeah. the publicly available evidence and weigh it up and be like, yeah, the most likely scenario here is that this person is a victim of abuse and she didn't always act great mm -hmm. as a result of the abuse. Like there's, you know, there's, there's times when she like threw stuff at him. There's testimony from his assistant that she spit on him once, mm -hmm. you know, nobody's a perfect victim, but there's also mountainous evidence that she was subjected to violence. And there's photos of the violence. Yeah. There's witnesses to the violence. Like, I don't know why there's a weird reluctance 
to just be like, yeah, she is a victim of abuse. And this case is wildly frivolous. So if we could like step forward in time for a second and let's just go into the assumption that uh, Heard wins the trial, right? Um, what do you mm. think the follow-up from that is going to look like? No? Oh, it will not matter at all. I mean, they already... The, the message about the UK trial, the fact that he lost this trial in the UK, where it's infamously yeah. difficult to win trials, again, is already like, well, the judge was biased. I guess there's like some... His son like may have worked for like a Murdoch paper at some point. So there's like that conspiracy theory. And then again, there's so much misinformation running around that you'll hear people say like, Oh, well the, the evidentiary standards, like the, the, the evidence in the UK case wasn't admitted or like there was no discovery phase or Amber Heard was never under cross-examination in that case. None of that is true. Like there was an extensive discovery phase. She was subject to cross-examination all of Johnny Depp's evidence that she's lying was was introduced in that trial. The judge didn't find it convincing mm-hmm. the same way I don't find it convincing. So, like, none of that is true. So if the judgment goes against Johnny Depp in this trial, we'll have the same thing. Or like, oh, well, the jury was biased or the judge didn't allow in this piece of evidence or whatever. I mean, th- these are people who are looking at photos of a mm-hmm. woman with two black eyes and are saying – why isn't her face more bashed up? What the fuck? That's that's literally like that is his that is his lawyer's view on the trial. That is the internet's view on the trial. It's like this is the level that we're at with this. So I don't think that people will be like, well, I respect the court decision and the process of justice. It'll just be another that's conspiracy. Yeah. It's bleak. It's really bleak. I mean, if it, it, it's really if you watch this is another like cue thing i'm like do the research people are often like well why why don't you watch the trial for yourself and so after i read the court document i went and i watched the Mm -hmm. hideously tedious trial and like a lot of the cross-examination of her is like well if you're a victim why didn't you come forward if you're a victim why didn't you ever go to the hospital with your injuries and if you're a victim uh, you also wrote him a love note in the first year of your marriage, and yet you say that you're a domestic abuse victim. It's oh like, what God. fucking year is this? Like, really? We're. <laughs> it's like this is the level of illiteracy with abuse that we're going for, and like they 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 seem to imply that like, well, weren't you provoking him? Right? Like, well, maybe he hit her, but you know, she was oh uh, she was pretty difficult beforehand. He may have hit her, but she it's deserved like, it. Well, <laughs> oh my God. who hit who? <laughs> I mean, basically, it's it's truly yeah. 1950s shit. And people use this kind of like, well, why don't you watch the trial as the shorthand for like, I don't want to engage. And then you actually watch the trial and it's like, this is what you wanted me to see. Like, I, I don't find this stuff convincing at all. Yeah. And I don't think those people actually watched the trial either. I think they watched a clip of the trial. I'm I'm not convinced that they did. Yeah. They watched like the yeah. out of context TikTok about the trial. Because the trial is like really heartbreaking. Like she talks about yeah. how like she doesn't want to be here. She spent six million dollars fighting this. This is the second trial. She has to relive all this trauma. Mm-hmm. She's crying on the stand, and like I don't want to yeah. be here. You are doing this to me. Like th- this is a nightmare for me. I want this nightmare to end. And then you look at all because they're all on YouTube. You you scroll down and everyone's like, look at her faking it on the stand. I know a liar so when I see one, and it's like this is it like you know that she's lying because like Mm -hmm. you can just tell by looking at her like that's the level that we're dealing with here oh this is all so 
like you said, bleak. Uh, no, I'm I'm here to depress you. This is my this is my job. Yeah. No. Well, we appreciate you being on. You know, I don't want to take up your entire day because I'm sure we could keep talking about this for hours. I need to like get a goldfish or something and come on and tell you guys about it, and then and I'll just be like a nice. We'll have like a nice visit. <laughs> We need something happy at some point. So if you see any wins, like get my DMs. And I know. Let me know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we ever have wins in cancel culture? I don't think that ever happens. Okay, so it seems like our listeners have a little frustration to get out because we have a lot of out of context cancellations today, and they're they're delightful though. So excited! This is like the this is like the spring cleaning of out of context cancellations <laughs> right here. Okay, so so I want to first first say that one of our listeners asked to cancel typos and flagged a typo in our episode title um, from our last episode and just want to say thank you for the listener who pointed that out and instead of getting mad said cancel typos because uh, we <laughs> all but that one was bad it was cancel scouts instead of scotus <laughs> yeah you know and i didn't even notice until somebody pointed it out like today basically <laughs> Uh, but like we had people on Twitter who were like, I thought this was about Boy Scouts of America. And I was so confused because I didn't actually see the title <laughs> of the episode. I was like, what? We can cancel them too. <laughs> <laughs> um, also going to cancel blaming the monkeypox on gay people and pandemic profiteers. Yeah. Also pandemic related, people flying without a mask. Stop doing that shit. Shit is bad right now. There's like a surge right now. Why are you? I mean, you should always be wearing a mask because we're in the middle of the pandemic. But come on. I actually wrote a piece a couple months ago about how we're lifting the mask mandates and cases are just going to go up again. Um, oh, and lo- look what's and, happened. And look what happened. And God damn it. I hate being Cassandra sometimes. <laughs> you're psychic how could how could anyone have known i mean honestly it was it was common sense but yeah Ugh. it's not a great time to fly i still have like two thousand dollars of credits from canceled flights from before the pandemic and i'm pretty sure that money's gone like i'm never gonna see that again so i don't know Oof. It's a little frustrating we're canceling airlines for that cancel the airlines yes please uh, we have a very niche one for our next one, and it's cancel beloved pets having health situations that require hand feeding when they're hiding in a dark hidey hole, and that sounds really frustrating. Yeah. Oh, hope your hope your beloved pet gets better. <laughs> um, something that sometimes happens in our out of context cancellation chat is people start talking to each other and like building up cancellations, and so yeah. someone asked to um to cancel their Girl Scout troop from 1997, um because they were le- there to learn how to be awesome, not the weird Christian mean girl nonsense. Which fair, and then another listener. <laughs> chimed in and wanted to cancel Girl Scouts because he wanted to learn outdoor skills and go camping, but all they did was sell cookies. Um, and so I, I love I love the little like building up. Someone's like, I want to cancel this thing. And then because of this, and then someone else chimes in like, oh, and also because of this and this and this and this. And it's, it's pretty delightful. Sharing, sharing in the cancellation rage. Next, we're going to cancel nice guy Tinder profiles. And I couldn't agree more. <laughs> so passive aggressive if you have to tell me you're a nice guy you're probably not a nice guy sorry oh no if you if, if you are self-identified as a nice guy you're an asshole yeah pretty like, much. full stop full <laughs> <Yes>. stop 
<laughs> no additional context needed. Um, another another buildup of frustration. We got canceled job postings without salary details, remote postings that are only partially remote in the interview, and also job interview anxiety. Um, lots of job interview and search frustration. I, I hear y'all. Kind of along those lines, we're also canceling employers who insist it's like a family here. Oh, no. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. the brightest of red flags. We have no boundaries. We yeah, expect you to well. work 247 yeah. and always be available. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is another niche one. Um, we had someone ask to cancel a nightmare that you have to think about and try to understand what your psych is even doing, which is so fair. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I had the weirdest dream last night, and I'm not going to get into detail about it because it's super, yeah. super fucking weird. Yeah. Um, but I usually don't remember my dreams. Um, and part of the reason is I have really bad dreams, so I just don't make any effort to. And I had the weirdest dream where I was in an arranged marriage with my my ch- childhood friend's dad. What the fuck? And there were like 70 different cakes to eat that were delicious. And, and this was after the fact, this was like 10 years later. And I had somehow suppressed this memory of being married to this person and we were not together. And the memory surfaced while we were at this cake eating thing. I don't know. It was really fucking weird. So weird. What's going on with my brain? None of this makes sense. Can I tell you about a dream that actually I think saved my life? Yes. So. Uh, oh, I think I know what this one is, but I want to hear yeah, about it again. So last year. Have I told this story? On, You've on I'm not on the podcast, but to okay. me, I take uh, a medication every day for my thyroid. And last year, I was going to a pharmacy that like hand mixed a special like batch for me, and I got a prescription one time, and the numbers read differently. And I called the pharmacy, and they're like, "Oh no, it's fine." So I didn't think anything of it at the time. So a couple of months go by, and I'm feeling awful, like. I can't I can barely get off of my couch every day to like even sit up like I my body just felt like it was shutting down. So I had this dream and uh, in this dream, I went back to my old elementary school, which is now closed down. It's like an abandoned spooky building. But there were soccer games being played there. And I was walking around and I saw people from like high school, which is weird because the high school is in a different district than this school. Um, and then I saw a childhood friend of mine uh, named Dana, who had passed away when I was when he was 18 years old. We were both 18 in a car accident. It was really tragic. It really affected me back then. Mm-hmm. It still does, actually. Um, and he was there and he's occasionally in my dreams. And I always really enjoy those dreams because it's like I'm getting time with my friend again. But. Um, I, I'm always surprised when I see him in my dreams. So, but this time I went up to him and we like, we did like the bro dap hug for some reason, even though I was like, Caitlin, I don't know. He pulls me in for the dap and he whispers in my ear and he goes, I'll be seeing you soon. And I was like, and and like, I got chills that ran down my spine, like in my dream when I heard that. <laughs> the dream kept going for a while and then I woke up, but I was still, I was like, obviously I was thinking about that very vividly. I was like, what does this mean? And then I remembered my medication and I connected the fact that the medication was what was making me feel so bad. So I like that morning, I went to the emergency room uh, nearby down here and it turns out that I was maybe 
a week or two weeks from my thyroid levels being in a place where it would have put me in like a permanent coma. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, I, I am so glad that you had that dream and you figured out what it was trying to tell you Yeah. and you got to the, the emergency room and took care of yourself and got what you needed because holy shit, that's Isn't frightening. Isn't that wild? completely wild yeah Comple- like holy shit so anyway thank you for that dream <laughs> but we're canceling dreams anyway <laughs> we're, we're, we're canceling dreams no we're, we're canceling <laughs> nightmares, nightmares right, but you have right, to right. think too much about though if they're helpful nightmares we're not canceling those ones <laughs> Just the ones that cause unneeded right. stress. Yeah, Just too. the ones that cause unneeded stress. <laughs> um, oh, here's another one. Um, canceling astrology for being wrong and even more for being right. <laughs> what What's your sign, Caitlin? I am an Aquarius. Do you feel like Aquarius fits you? Do you think it is accurate? I mean, I am constantly carrying water for everybody. Yeah. Emotional water baggage. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. People don't think so. I'm a Scorpio and people are always surprised by it. But I don't think our listeners are going to be so surprised on it because I'm snarky as fuck on this show and I hold a grudge. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I'm a little fiery. I'm a little fiery. Like I read about Aquarius and they're like, yeah, you're like a weird little alien who is always chill. And I'm like, yeah, pretty much. So I think it fits me. <laughs> there you go. Cancel astrology for being wrong, but even more for being right. Um, oh, and here's another specific one that I was just delighted by. And I feel that I feel the little frustration in my bones. Yeah. Um, a listener wanted to us to cancel their fiance for emptying the cold brew and not refilling it. That seems unforgivable to me. What What's worse than getting up in the morning and going to get your coffee? And they're not being coffee. And there's no coffee. Yeah. Uh, The drama. The drama (laughs) of it all. If you would like to submit your own out of context cancellations that might be read live on the show. You can join our Patreon. And also um, that will give you access to our Discord where you can chat with our listeners about what you want to cancel and a bunch of other things. You can also get episodes early and your support will help us become a weekly show, which is our ultimate goal. You can learn and join about other perks at patreon.com slash cancelmedaddy. Today's show was made by me, Oliver Ashkline, and my incredible co-host, Caitlin Burns. Daniel Peterschmidt made our theme song and Eden FW designed our graphics. Our show is made possible by the incredible cancelers supporting our work, especially the members of our Canceler Hall of Fame, with the great power to cancel all of their enemies, Meg and Alice. We appreciate your support. Happy canceling! <laughs> <laughs>